When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn Podcast. Amber, you want to know what? I can't wait. I can't wait for the next three hours because we have been talking about a whole bunch of stuff back when we were doing Greeny. But guess what? We're still here doing Barton Hahn. Amber Wilson alongside Michael Rothstein. We've talked about Tua. We've talked about the Denver Broncos situation. We've talked about the New York Jets situation. And we've but we're going to start here with J.J. Watt right after this mention, which is that Progressive, as always, is presented, or sorry, Barton Hahn is always presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of the Barton Hahn Nation on the Dr. Pepper call online. Call us at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. And Amber, like I mentioned we will start with J.J. Watt because that is the news of the day. As the NFL always has some big news that happens every single day. J.J. Watt, the legendary, almost surefire Hall of Famer, maybe first ballot Hall of Famer when he is eligible for Canton in five years, announced today he's hanging it up. He's got two games to go. He's going to play in Atlanta. Then he's got one more game after that. His career... Nothing short of incredible. Three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Five-time first-team All-Pro. Two-time second-team All-Pro. Five-time Pro Bowler. 2010 All-Decade Team member. Walter Payton Man of the Year after he raised millions of dollars in Houston for Hurricane Harvey. And Amber, here's the other part about this. His career could have been even better, except remember, in the middle of his career, he kept dealing with injury after injury. So some of those numbers... The Defensive Player of the Years, the All-Pros, the Pro Bowls, they probably would have been in maybe four, five, six, seven ranges, Amber. Yeah, I mean, the good thing here is that J.J. Watt, though, is still going out with quite a bit left in the tank, right? Like, he had a pretty good season, by all accounts, this season for Arizona. Uh, he's coming off of a good game himself against the Bucks and a losing effort. It's been a terribly rough season, obviously, to be an Arizona Cardinal. And yet, J.J. Watt has done what he can there defensively. An unbelievable career. You can't say enough. The only thing I guess the man didn't do was win a ring, but that's not certainly all up to him by any means. And it was very cute after that game with the Bucks. You saw him on the field with his wife and his newborn baby. He just had his first child. I would imagine that that probably has something to do with this decision. He's transitioning into a different period of his life. He gets to be around for his kid. He had an unbelievable NFL career where he's one of the best defensive players of his generation. And then he still gets to be home uh, for his kid and be that kind of dad and whatever else he wants to go on to do in the future. Maybe something similar to what you and I do. He'll have a lot of avenues available to him and he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Like hands down. I don't even think that that's a discussion. I would think so. But as I've learned when I've covered Hall of Fame stuff, it all depends who you're going in with, right? Like let's for argument's sake, let's for argument's sake, say Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both retire after this year. Right. 
right? And let's say I'm trying to pick a pick somebody else. That's a bigger name than JJ Watt coming off of this bi- year. Well, I mean, yeah, there's hard. not a lot. There's not a lot. Fine. Let's say Patrick Peterson also retires after this year. All of a sudden, you're down to two spots because mm-hmm. those guys, I think, would be first ballot Hall of Famers, especially because of their position, without question. So. Do I think J.J. Watt is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, I do. But understand there are some nuances in there when it comes to that, unless you are a guy like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers. It's just a little bit tricky in that. But there's no question that J.J. Watt is a Hall of Famer, worst case second ballot Hall of Fame guy. And it's because of so much of what he did on the field. Don't forget that Houston Texans franchise was struggling when he got there. And what he did was he picked up an entire franchise. He be, How often do you see a defensive end be a face of a franchise? Right. He was the biggest star on that team. He was the face of the entire franchise. He yeah. meant so much to that community. You mentioned there the millions of dollars that he raised after Hurricane Harvey for Houston. And you don't normally ever see that at that position. Like the greatness, the level of greatness you have to reach at that position, frankly, any position on the field defensively, but at that position to reach that level and be the face of a franchise is just so much of a greater climb than you have to take, frankly, at the quarterback position or any of the flashier, the receiver position or the flashier positions on the field. But J.J. Watt absolutely did that. He was that franchise. Exactly. And listen, even when we've seen it, Amber, you're down in Florida I'm in Atlanta now. I was in Detroit. Well, today, in I'm, today I'm at our Seaport today, Studios yeah, today in New York Super- City. And let me tell you, I thought it was cold <laughs> in Florida, Michael Rothstein, this week. And I didn't know what cold was until I got yeah, up here in no, New York City. <laughs> but, you've been, but we've all been around places that have pro sports, is my point. And very rarely do you when it, see a guy who says, you know what? Listen, I would like to be released. Please trade me. Rarely do you see universal... Great. Listen, we totally understand. We yes. love you. Please go to a better place right. because you we're, we're not utilizing you properly here anymore. Yeah. Don't I, suffer where, with us any longer. We love you too much. Where do you see that? I mean, I covered a guy that you did see that in Matthew Stafford when he asked for a trade to go to the Rams because the Lions were worse off than the Texans throughout the entirety of Matthew Stafford's career. But here, like I, I dug up what J.J. Watt had said. That's, by the way, true love while you look for that. That's true love. Like, true love, right, they say is like, you know, if you love them, set them free. And really, I think that's probably a bunch of malarkey because for any of us who's ever, you know, broken up with people or been dumped in relationships, like, you never really want your ex to do that. Like, you might, like, you loved your ex, right? And, like, you want them to do well. You know, I'm not wishing any harm on any of my exes, but you don't necessarily want them to do better than you. You know, like, kind of like, right, maybe, like, a notch below, just a little hair below me, right? Uh, but I don't I want you to be happy in life. I just don't want her to, you know, appear better than me in in every category. And that's the opposite of what the Texans fans did here with J.J. Watt. So my point is, they loved J.J. Watt apparently far more than I loved any of my ex-boyfriends. I was going to say, yeah, very clearly there. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking in my past relationships, I'm like, you know what? I want the people that... The people that, that put up with dating me, and I'm 42 and single right now, so that, that <laughs> list is both long and sad. That, <laughs> that Not I was, the direction I, was, I thought we were going here on Barton Han, but it feels no. very Barton Han, so I, I wanted to see. I want to see all of them succeed better than me. Really? Because better I think than I'm, you? Yeah, because you know what? I think I'm doing all right. And Here's, yeah, but you are doing all right. So then if they go better than you, like what? That's No, I think that's wonderful because you want to know what? That probably means they're bettering the world 
in some way, shape, or form. And that's the that's what all of this is about. It's about giving for others. It's about doing the more for others. So I so, hope something JJ Watt has done. Uh, exactly. I circling hope that all that the way back around to JJ yeah, so Watt talk. What, I do not wish that uh, for any of my exes. Sorry, guys. Uh, but again, like just well, I still want you to be happy. Just like a not like a just like a little tiny hair below me. Well, you know, they have that's a large hill for them to climb, Amber Wilson, because you have your own show starting next week oh, from seven to nine I love it. Yeah, on to, ESPN radio. I love the shameless plug. I appreciate you so much, Michael Rostein. Uh listen, every weeknight, seven to nine PM Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, Joe and Amber makes its debut on January third. Absolutely. Now, going back to J.J. Watt, who one day might take both of our jobs. Let's just be very clear here. J.J. Watt, when he left Houston, he said this, You guys have given me everything and more, and I can only hope that you feel like I've given you everything I had. The city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. It's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates. Like, honestly... That's about as nice of a statement. And by the way, he didn't do it in just an ad in a newspaper. He didn't do it in just a tweet where he just was words. He actually posted a video to explain himself. And I think that that's another level of class. I think we're starting to see it more and more as more athletes get more social media technology savvy and have people that help them social media managers and stuff like that. But I think that's a really classy way that J.J. Watt handled it. And honestly, listen, I'm not in Houston. We're going to hopefully talk to somebody who is in Houston later today. I don't get the sense that anybody was mad at all. It's not like when DeAndre Hopkins left. It's not like when... Deshaun Watson. Yeah, even with Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun wants well, to ask There was a lot of other issues. Well, there, even yeah. before the issues, though, don't forget that situation in Houston with Deshaun Watson when he asked for the trade, right? I mean, that wasn't handled the same way as you're recalling that J.J. Watt was. And I absolutely agree with you. I don't think that there was the animosity towards J.J. Watt because of everything he'd done for them. And not just for that franchise in terms of on the football field, but for that community as well. Yeah, and we, we'll talk more about J.J. Watt throughout Barton Hahn, but right now ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. This is Barton Hahn. Obviously, Barton Hahn not with us today. She is Amber Wilson. I'm Michael Rothson. You can follow her at Amber W Sports on Twitter. You can follow me and just rip all of my takes at Mike Rothstein on Twitter because that is generally what's been happening all day today with the Atlanta Falcons and with boxing. So we're not going to talk about either one of those topics right now because we are going to get to the other big topic of the day, the one that I think is the most serious topic right now around the NFL. And it has nothing to do with where teams are playoff positioned or hirings or firings. It has to do with Tua Tugliavoa. And it has to do with the fact that Tua is once again in concussion protocol. It's not clear whether or not he has actually been diagnosed with a concussion. But yesterday, he went to the Dolphins and said, hey, listen, something's not right. So they put him in concussion protocol. This is the third time, potentially the third time, that he has had a concussion this year. He has one that we know about that came in week four and that it was a horrible scene on the field where his hands started to have the fencing maneuver, which... It just still, I can think about it and close my eyes and I cringe when I see it. It was so uncomfortable. The week before that, he may or may not have had a concussion. Not entirely clear. And now he once again is in concussion protocol. Our ESPN Dolphins reporter, Marcel Louis-Jacques, he was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night. And he explained kind of what happened and maybe why this wasn't caught 
on the field on Sunday when they were playing the Packers. This is a guy with concussion history in this exact situation to where the back of his head hit the ground and he was hospitalized on one occasion or he got up stumbling on another occasion. It feels like this is somebody who should have a note next to his number saying this guy has concussion history. Treat with an abundance of caution. So he wasn't looked at on the sideline. He wasn't evaluated on the sideline for a concussion. And this feels like, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it feels like a situation where when you see somebody's head at the ground, you might want to flag down to the guy on the sideline and say, hey, let's go look at one. Let's run some tests. Let's make sure that he's okay. He hit his head on the ground. He's probably fine. He looks fine. Let's just double check. That's where, like, when the NFL promises to use an abundance of caution, that's where, you know, we can point at that and say, where was it? Amber, I got a question. You're a lawyer, as well as being an ESPN radio host. You do many things so well, like we were talking about. It's why, you know, none of your exes are ever, ever (laughs) going to be better than you. When I hear the word abundance of caution, I immediately have my, like, reporter hat on and saying that feels just like a legalese term to be all legalized out. Am I making too much of that? No, but I mean, this is the world that we live in here when it comes to concussion and concussion protocols. I also think I think it has less, frankly, to do with legalese and liability at this point and more, frankly, to do with public relations, right? Like the conversation around Tua and this Dolphins team has been so critical in ways that we haven't seen with you know, the Kenny Pickett's and the A.J. Dillons of the world this season. And there's been, of course, plenty of other players in the league that have suffered concussions and been cleared right away and even been cleared in games. And then apparently maybe still will have suffered one or suffered multiple concussions. And yet the focus has been squarely on Tua. I think some of it's how well the Dolphins have done this season. I think some of it's just the name Tua and what a star he's been since his time at Alabama. But also it was because we saw it, like you mentioned earlier, on national television. And we saw the physical reaction of one of his apparent concussions with the hands and with him getting up and with him stumbling and we were all witnesses to that and because of that there's been so much made around the way that the Dolphins have specifically handled Tua and so I think it feels necessary for the Dolphins to constantly put out there we are being cautious right we put him in protocol the second he said maybe he had symptoms we've done everything that we're supposed to by the book and I feel like the Dolphins need to continue to do that because they feel like they're in a situation where they have to continue continuously defend themselves and frankly they are I mean that's the reality of where we're at with this particular player for whatever reason with this particular player and people keep tweeting at me in my mentions about other players in the NFL and I'm with you I agree with you it too is not the only person who suffered concussions this season or suffered multiple concussions this season but he is the only team the Dolphins that I have heard all the criticism about and he is the only player that I've heard everybody call for retirement already a player who's playing the best he's ever played in his entire career at this point who's playing for a contract as well uh, and 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 playing frankly for a job at this point because we all knew that this third season for him was going to be the evaluation season for two of they were going to move on from him in this next draft and because of all of those reasons the spotlight is very bright right now on the situation with Tua and so from a PR perspective I think the Dolphins are always out here trying to dot their I's and cross their T's at this point because it was real ugly early in the season with this player. No I get all of that and to your point where you're getting all these things in your mentions. I'm getting nothing in my mentions, by the way. Thank you very much. Very appreciative there. <laughs> and Mike Grostein, hit him up. He's sad. <laughs> He's lonely. You can hit me up as well at Amber W Sports.
not not sad or lonely when it comes to just, that, just on Twitter, just, just on, on Twitter, just on Twitter, not sad or lonely. Like, we'll just <laughs> let, let's be. We can talk about other portions of my life after the show. But in all you seriousness, slide into his mentions for that too. You never know. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> this is where this is going today. Uh, here, here's the thing. The NFL has a bigger problem than just Tua. Tua just happens to be the face for this. The NFL needs to revamp their concussion protocol yet again. And I've said this a couple of times over the course of the last couple of hours. It also includes how they frame it. And of course, the NFL wants to frame it in a certain way. So when a player, I'm going to take you a little bit inside baseball here because I cover the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. I've been in NFL press boxes for a decade now. So when a player is announced to be being evaluated for a concussion. It is said, player X is being evaluated for a head injury. The word concussion is never mentioned. And then it is cleared to play, or it is this person is now ruled out with a head injury. They never say the word concussion, at least not to my knowledge, and they never acknowledge what a concussion actually is, which is a brain injury. And you talk to anybody who deals with CTE, it deals with concussions, they will tell you, oh yes, it is a brain injury. So let's start there. Now I get that that's ugly optics, right? I don't care. Well, that because, that's but, optics. But, that also might be legal. That also might be legalities. Don't forget, no, because okay, you don't want to sure. just like if you're the team, just willy nilly throw around the term concussion unless you've actually had the player diagnosed right. But that's with a concussion, said- because in the world of CTE that we live in, and because of the lawsuits that have flown around in the past, so right. that may also have legal components that's as fair. well. I just didn't think what Marcel said necessarily does. I think some of it is a PR game. Yeah, I know. Some of it is. and some there. I know there are legalities to all of that. I do understand that. I'm just saying, if the NFL wants to be, show how serious they are with this, I think you've got to change the language if you can. Now, obviously, lawyers would, like Amber would be involved. Maybe not exactly Amber, but lawyers like her. Yeah, we'll and see all, how this radio thing goes, you know? Fair enough. Pretty I well mean, right listen, now. you know, 7-9, seven and, seven and nine, <laughs> starting next week. Amber and Joe, ESPN Radio. But uh, the thing is... I think it has to go beyond that. It has to go with you have independent spotters. Maybe add a second one. It has to go to having players feel comfortable that they are okay to self-report. Because you've got back end of the roster guys that maybe are not self-reporting because they realize they might lose their job starting or lose their job on special teams. And that might cost them their careers. And they're not thinking in the big picture. They're not thinking the next 30, 40, 50 years. They're thinking the next 30, 40, 50 minutes or 30, 40, 50 days. And those are some of the issues, and the NFL has to figure out a way, and the NFL PA has to figure out a way to get it to the point where players are taking it a lot more seriously. That's why Kenny Pickett going out there and self-reporting, and Tua going out there and self-reporting helps that. That is the most important thing, because that's the health part of this. I don't care about the football piece, not one bit when it comes to this, because but, it's all about health of players. Absolutely, but you are absolutely right. It is one thing for guys at that position to be able to do that, because the reality is, you know, quarterbacks that have durability issues in the NFL, like the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, that's not a head injury thing, but let's be honest about the durability concerns there with Garoppolo. He's still going to have jobs, right? It's no pro- at that position when you've shown you can play and a two tongue of low at this point coming off of this season has shown he can play even though there's durability concerns maybe it costs him a huge contract here with the dolphins but the reality is you're going to get paid you're going to end up with jobs or opportunities in the future same thing even with a kenny pickett with the promise there that he may have in the nfl whereas a different position on the field a guy more towards the back end of the roster there's guys out there not making the millions and millions and millions of dollars that we associate nfl players with and there's a whole lot of guys in 
in the league that are done after only a few years in the league. And if your career earning potential is a few years and hundreds of thousands instead of multi-millions, then all of a sudden you're in a situation where it matters a whole lot whether you're reporting on yourself. And this is the whole problem. But I do think that the only way that you're ever really going to know, Michael, is if the players themselves, and again, I understand the complexity there, and I understand why it's probably too much to ask, but some of it does have to come down to the players themselves watching out for themselves and their own health and their own future. Because the reality is that diagnosing concussions is so complicated and so difficult. But Kenny Pickett reporting on himself during a game when he'd already been cleared, that's one thing for Kenny Pickett to do that. You're absolutely right. It's a whole nother thing for a different position, a different guy on that roster, lower on that depth chart. No, without it. There are other ways that they can do it. I mean, this is obviously getting way too in the weeds, but the NFL doesn't have much in terms of guaranteed contracts right now. Maybe there's a way to do that. Maybe that would make guys feel more comfortable to self-report, but I don't get the sense the NFL is well, going to Well, the NFL is not going to want to do it because of this. You know? right. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's oh, catch-22 right. there. Like, it's, it's, it depends whose perspective you're looking at, and that is yeah. not the strongest PA in sports by any means. No, uh, no, it is not. Although that, We will see what happens, by the way, once they have a change in leadership because D. Smith is stepping down from the PA as PA kind of executive director, so that could change things as well as I think this is going to be one of the hot topics in this offseason and the next few offseasons. Coming up, we're going to go back to J.J. Watt, and we're going to look back on the career of an all-time NFL great. He has two games left to go in his career with a guy who maybe knows him better than anybody else in Houston. That's next, Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Bart and Han. So a legend in the NFL is about to play two more games and then move on to the next part of his life. That, of course, is J.J. Watt. This is Bart and Han alongside Amber Wilson. I'm Michael Rothstein filling in for Bart and Han today and 
JJ Watt a couple hours ago tweeted, hey, listen, you know, I played my last home game in the NFL. So he's got two road games left. That'll include this Sunday against Atlanta. So we figured, all right, listen, he spent the most of, it t- of most of his career in Houston. So who better to talk to than go out to our Dr. Pepper call in line and talk with John McClain, the longtime Texans reporter, first of the Houston Chronicle and now of Gallery Sports. John, thanks for taking a little bit of time today. Happy belated holidays to you. And I want to start here when it comes to J.J. Watt. What's the memory or what's the impact, I would say, and maybe those are two different things, that you think he had on the city of Houston? When he was drafted in 2011, they wanted Alden Smith. Wade Phillips was his first year as defensive coordinator, and he wanted Alden Smith. The 49ers jumped ahead of them and took Smith, and the Texans got stuck with Watt. And when the fans at NRG Stadium heard they'd taken Watt, they booed the pick. And uh, Watt always got a big kick out of that the rest of his career because the politicians in Texas and especially Houston better hope he's not going to come back here and run for office because they'd be out of work. That's how popular he became. So I remember that. And then I remember the playoff game in Houston against Cincinnati after his rookie year. And he was okay as a rookie, five and a half sacks. We didn't know he was going to be special. In that playoff game, he leaped up. Knocked down an Andy Dalton pass, caught it, outran the Bengals to the end zone for a touchdown in the playoff victory. And at that time, the J.J. Watt phenomenon was born. Then he became Defensive Player of the Year three out of five years. Another thing I remember most about J.J. was when, after Hurricane Harvey, uh, the Texans went to Frisco and worked out at the Cowboys facility. We were up there for five days. I remember when Watt got into his hotel room that first night, he put out a video saying, I want to help the people, Hurricane Harvey relief. I'm going to contribute $100,000, and I hope you will match my 100000 And It ended up being like $35 million, and he won NFL, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. I've never seen any player anywhere and I've covered the NFL for almost five decades. Any player who wanted to do more in his community than Watt, most of what he did early, he was able to keep quiet. But from once he became a great player and a well-known figure, he couldn't keep any of his charity work quiet. Yeah, John, that 2017 Walton Payton of the Year Award after Hurricane Harvey, certainly a testament to not just his charitable efforts, but also his popularity, as you mentioned. And Michael and I were marveling at how a defensive end could become the face of a franchise. And he really was, in our opinion, the Houston Texans during that time. Do you have the same opinion? And what do you think it means that he was able to do that as a defensive player on the field? We see it from quarterbacks a lot. We don't always see it from DNs. He was second in MVP voting when Aaron Rodgers won his first one. I think it was his first one. And a lot of people thought Watt deserved it. You know, he's the only player ever had at least 20 sacks back-to-back seasons. There's a lot of things he did. Only he and Reggie White did. His name's mentioned with a lot of, with his accomplishments in that three-year period where he tied Lawrence Taylor for the most NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards, which, of course, has since been tied by Aaron Donald. And for a defensive lineman to to earn that kind of notoriety and respect beyond the field 
is kind of phenomenal. And he's, I remember there was a lockout when he was drafted in 2011. And there was a famous family in Houston. They went to Colorado in a van, and they had a wreck coming back, and the parents were killed, and the kids were crippled. And the kids were in a hospital, the Houston Chronicle, all the media was doing stories on them. And I noticed after they'd been in the hospital a while, a list of people, dignitaries, celebrities, politicians, who had visited these kids. And way down in the last paragraph, it said, New Texan J.J. Watt. So I asked him, I said, do you know the Barry family? He said, no. And I said, well, what were you doing going to the hospital for the kids? He said, I just wanted to go to see if there was anything I could do. And to this day, he is still really, really tight with those kids. That. John, that's an incredible story. We're talking to John McClain, longtime reporter who covered the Texans first for the Houston Chronicle, now for Gallery Sports here on Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. And John, I do want to move this a little bit to football in terms of J.J. Watt. You're a Hall of Fame voter, have been for a very long time. Where does he fit in in terms of the Hall of Fame conversation? Well, I think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, three three. NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards uh, tied for the most in history. After his rookie year, I talked to Wade Phillips, and Wade Phillips said, J.J. Watt's going to, he said, be a bust. I said, be a bust? He said, I mean, he's going to have a bust. I said, what are you talking about? He said, he's going to have a bust in the Hall of Fame. I said, you're crazy. That guy didn't do anything as a rookie. And it shows how much Wade knows since he coached Reggie Watt. Bruce Smith and Von Miller, Ricky Jackson, a lot of great Hall of Fame players. And he said, you know, he puts Watt right up there with Reggie White and Bruce Smith. And that's like the ultimate compliment. He overcame injuries. He had 16 sacks and 18. He's played really well this year. And I thought he'd play another couple of years. I was as stunned as anybody when I saw the tweet that he's retiring at 33. He'll be 34 in March. And I'll say this, of all the players I've covered and been around, including a lot of Hall of Famers who played for the Oilers, I've never known anybody I respected more than Watt because of his work ethic and because of everything he's done off the field. John, thank you for taking so much of your time with us and telling us some J.J. Watt stories that I think a lot of people have not heard before. And guys, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. That was John McClain, longtime Texas reporter, first for the Houston Chronicle, now for Gallery Sports. Amber, I got to be honest, hearing some of that, I didn't know all of that about J.J. Watt. I didn't remember that, the, the initial story that he told about him being drafted. That was fascinating to me. Yeah, I'd forgotten that as well. Uh, it's always great when the player who gets booed by the fans drafting him then can go on and... and and hearken back to that time for the rest of his <laughs> career. I would imagine if I'm J.J. Watt that's in my Hall of Fame speech at some point, probably never letting those Texans fans completely forget what they did to you on draft night, but it worked out for the Texans. I mean, except for this, right, Amber? J.J. Watt seems like the type of guy that he's purposely not going to do that because he's like, you know what? I don't need to remind people of that again. Look at what I've done. People know because I'm sitting up here in Canton, Ohio. My face is going to be in bronze or copper, however they make it these days, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for however long that ends up being in existence. Coming up, well, we're going to go from a retirement to looking at the current quarterbacks and maybe having a little bit of fun 
with maybe what you would do with some of those quarterbacks. That's next here on Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bart and Han. This is Bart and Han coming to you live from the seaport, or at least Amber Wilson is. It's brought to you by Grey Goose. And she is Amber Wilson. I am Michael Rossi. We are filling in for Barton Hahn here today. It's I am been sitting fun- in the Barton Hahn studio. Yeah, you are. You are actually. You are literally filling in in their shoes, in their seats at the studio. I am not speaking I am, into Alan Hahn's mic. As I am, I am home in Atlanta, where we got snow, and no one knows how to drive, so no one's leaving their homes today. The last time there was snow, there was wall-to-wall radio, and by the way, I grew up in New York, and by snow, I mean like there was a flake on the ground. There was actual accumulation today in Atlanta, no one knows what to do. Atlanta loses its mind which it when does. it snows, which is, which is kind of interesting, because like it does snow at once, like, you know, every five years there or something, so you would think like it's not that shocking. It's not quite like... Where I live, where the the only time it has snowed one time in my entire lifetime in Florida, in the Tampa area, and then it takes about you know forty years before maybe it happens again. Like that is kind of understandable why the infrastructure is not there in Atlanta. It's a little strange how y'all lose your minds, but I have seen so many Atlantaans. Is that proper terminology? It's, I don't it's even know. Atlantans. Atlantans. There you go. I've seen a lot of the pictures on social media. It's like a dusting. You know, I, I'm pretty it sure is. New Yorkers would laugh at you right now. No, I, honestly, I walked out this morning to go to the gym in shorts and a t-shirt, and people looked at me like I was um, not right. And there was accumulation on the ground. You want to know what happened, Amber? I was excited. I was like, "Yay, snow!" I was like, "Elf!" I was like, "Buddy the Elf!" When like <laughs> Sa- when he knows that Santa's coming, and he's like, "Santa's coming! Santa's Did you do coming!" Snow I'm like, angels "Snow is here." No, because there's not enough snow on the ground that it would have just hurt. <laughs> Like I would have had gravel. You would have had to do the show solo. It would have. I would have ended up in a hospital somewhere. It would have ended up so poorly if that had happened, or I would have slipped on black guys. Like nothing good would have happened about that. But we're going to bring in our wonderful person in the booth today, Renee. Hello. And we're going to play a little. Hello, Renee. Renee is the voice of God today for us, and we're going to play a little bit of a game called Mary Date or Dump. Uh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does, it does. sound familiar. It does slightly different ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give it. I didn't give it quite the FCC gravitas. I guess appro- uh, uh, this <laughs> is very. This is very Disney centric. Yes. Very. All right. Marry clean. Kids. Yes. Marry date or dump quarterback edition. I will throw out quarterbacks. You will marry date or dump them. I will start off with the obvious: Patrick Mahomes. Marry date or dump. I'll just start off here, Michael. I'm marrying Patrick Mahomes. 
because Patrick Mahomes may be the greatest quarterback of this generation, right? Uh, This next generation. I'm not including Brady in that same generation, even though they are both actively still playing right now. Patrick Mahomes, definitely a quarterback you can hang your franchise on. He elevates the talent around him. I'm marrying him. Yeah, I would marry him too, and I would actually insist that there's no prenup involved because while I would not want a divorce at any time, I want to make sure that I'm getting half of that half billion dollars if for whatever reason it doesn't work out. But I'm marrying Patrick Mahomes because, listen, he's still the best or second best quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be that for the next decade. And if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I am actually pretty ecstatic with the deal I gave him considering what we're seeing out there the, now. The lawyer in me always argues that everyone should have a prenup. Everybody. Uh, that's the that's the divorce lawyer in me. Uh, maybe that is the one situation though where you don't need one if you're marrying Patrick Mahomes. Pretty safe bet there. Alright, next quarterback on the list. I'll throw you guys a little curveball. Marry, date, or dump Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'll date Brock Purdy. Uh... Mr. Irrelevant, showing he's very relevant here. I like what I've seen from him, and if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I am absolutely dating him for at least the next year or so because I think there's a chance that there could be an engagement ring in his future, even though they have Trey Lance and technically Jimmy Garoppolo on his on their roster. What you're seeing from Brock Purdy is consistency. What you're seeing from Brock Purdy is a guy on a rookie contract, and if he takes you far in the playoffs, guys believe. The Niners, more than any team in the NFL, are built to have a quarterback that maybe has a little bit of ups and downs. So you can deal with that with Brock Purdy. I'm dating him, but I'm, I'm thinking about going to, to one of the ring stores and buying a ring, though. What? I'm dating anybody at that position on that San Francisco 49ers roster. Because I think what we've learned there about Shanahan's system is that anybody can win there under center as long as they are in that system. Take Brock Purdy out of that system, put him on a different team. It's probably a different result from me. But sure, as long as he's in that uniform, in that system, I'll date him. I'll date anybody playing under center for Kyle Shanahan. All right. Going to a quarterback who is currently hurt. Kyler Murray. Marry, date, or dump. This one gets more complicated, uh, right? Uh, I will date Kyler Murray because for me, the jury is still out on him, even though, yes, he got the payday from Arizona. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I have my questions there about the coaching staff in Arizona. I've seen snippets of the talent, certainly from Kyler, but also there's the questions about his work ethic, dedication, the homework. Uh, There are some mistakes that are obvious out there. He's still got a lot of room to grow. I am not ready to marry that man. But I've seen some of the raw talent. So, sure, I'll give it a date, Michael. Uh, I would go dump. And listen, the Cardinals can't do that because, yeah, the Cardinals can't do it because of the contract. But I have a lot of concerns because you you signed that contract with a coach in a system that makes a ton of sense for you. And you cannot operate that system. You're now having trouble staying healthy. He gets hurt. This is the big one, obviously, with the ACL. But he gets hurt every single season. I have a lot of concerns about Kyler Murray. At that price point, I would dump him. I think there's talent there, but I, I'm just not interested. Sorry. Alright, I'll do one quick one. Last one. Kurt Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. Marry, date, or dump? <laughs> oh, man. Go Ooh. ahead, Michael. Uh, I'm, I'm going to date Kirk Cousins because I think it's all about the offense he's in. If he can find a play-action-heavy offense, man, marry marry that man. Marry Kirk Cousins. It would, but it otherwise, would, it's rough. It would be a weird season to dump him. Uh, but, man, I've had a hard time buying into that Vikings offense. I do need to see him do it in the postseason. Uh, I'm going to date him because somehow I'm still not completely sold on that Vikings team, even with all those dubs. 
I get it, Amber. I get it. By the way, thank you, Renee, for indulging our... Uh, I don't know. Our game here. Ways. By the way, thanks to KJM for giving us this idea because we ripped it straight from that show. Oh, 100%. Coming up, we're going to go to a guy who plays to win the game every time. You know who that is. That's Herm Edwards. He's going to take us around the league and J.J. Watt. That's here, Barton Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn Podcast.